Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. Are you copying not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 181, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Nine-Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben. Woof. How you doing, brother? Don't say everything is delicious. Don't. I Every can day see it is a good your... day to be alive. Okay. That, okay. At one point, at one point last night during our draft coverage at TDN, my coworker Kyle Krabs was like, "This is a good day to be alive," and I was just <laughs> like, it was like right at like my lowest point, like right before I started to rationalize it and mm-hmm. like long enough so that I was really wallowing it, and I was like, "I mean, it's day two of the NFL draft. Yeah, it's a good day." But like, also, I, what, what I what I what I what I ended up reflecting on was like. We make a lot of jokes about a lot of teams who do things the way that we would not do them. Mm. And you forget, and it's a luxury, you forget what it feels like when your team just makes what you believe to be an extremely boneheaded decision. Like, boneheaded is too nice. Like, just, like, bad. Like, not good. Like, what is this supported by? I don't understand it decision. And you forget that it feels crummy. And hopefully it'll make you not be as quick to make fun of other fan bases Cough, cough, the Packers on yeah. day one of the draft. I was about <laughs> be, to say. By me. Um, you know, when, when their teams make ridiculous decisions. But yeah, it's, uh, we're here. Yeah, I mean, usually, because like with the Packers, you could you could just point and laugh at their draft and whatnot. And, and that's not at least normal for the Eagles. I'm not saying that the Eagles are the best drafting franchise in the world or how he's the best GM in the world right now. But usually with like how he's decisions that you might disagree with. These things tend to like unfold over a larger period of time. This was one abrupt smack in the face that nobody saw coming to the point where, and of course we're talking about the selection of Jalen Hurts, the Oklahoma quarterback at 53rd overall, in case you've been living under a rock. This came out of nowhere to the point where the Eagles had to hold an impromptu press conference when they they weren't going to. They were going to hold a press conference when they were done with the draft. But they make this pick and immediately say, let's get Howie, Doug, and Andy Weidel in front of a camera. Let's explain this thing. Let's make it better. If there's ever been a more clear admonition of total guilt. (laughs) Right. It's an impromptu press conference to discuss a decision I knowingly made 10 minutes ago. Not something happened that we did not anticipate that we're going to have a press conference about. No, just like, hey, we did this and we know we need to explain ourselves. Right. So, yeah, not not exactly great. And I think what makes it worse, and we're going to talk about Hurts. I mean, I have 
great resources at my disposal. You did contextualized quarterbacking for the draft network, so you did a ton of work on Hurts. I'm going to be talking with Mark Schofield after this for a new episode of the QB Factory, episode number one. That's what we're doing, since that's what Howie calls it. So we're, we're going to be doing all that. We're going to be digging into his game, everything. But like, just, just kind of going through what happened and maybe your thought process as we get through the picks. 50 Chicago Bears take Jalen Johnson, cornerback from Utah. A guy you're lower on than me. A guy that I'm, I'm fairly high on. Like That's kind of the area where I would take him. I felt like he would have been a, a perfectly fine pick for quarterback two for the Eagles. Trayvon Diggs. Goes to the Dallas Cowboys. I was on the Instagram live stream saying, I hope the Cowboys take Trayvon Diggs. So I get to make fun of them for that. The quarterback. Yeah. When the Cowboys Alabama. take Diggs, you go, and this is retribution for Fulton. Here we are for uh for Lamb. We're gonna take Fulton and it's gonna look so much better. Here we go. Right, because the Rams take Cam Akers, a running back out of Florida State, and there are, there are so many guys on my board. And these guys would end up going later on, but Christian Fulton was the one I was pounding for the end, the pounding table for the entire time. You know, a top fifteen player on both of our boards, cornerback three for for both of us, if I'm not mistaken. And that was the guy that that I was targeting right there. If you were to tell me Jalen Rager, Christian Fulton would be your first two picks, I wouldn't care what order. I would be on board with that. You've also got Denzel Mims out there, wide receiver out of Bailey. Josh Uche went at 60. So it was 59 Denzel Mims went 60. Josh Uche, the edge rusher, went to the Patriots. Christian Fulton went at 61 to the Titans. You could skip 62 because the Packers are trying to dial the clock back to 1973. It's weird. But then at 63, you get Willie Gay Jr., the linebacker out of Mississippi State. 64 is Jeremy Chin, the safety out of Southern Illinois, who we both love. Five of those six picks I would have made Instead of this one with Jalen Hurts, and it comes with so many different complications and so many different questions. I had a friend t- text me saying, "F this! They're this, you know, they're this, the smartest organization in the league. Nobody can tell them anything. You know, they're too smart for their own good." And I agree with them. Like that, like this is a move that we, even when you when you look at Press Taylor's quote, and I put this out there on an at the podium where he's talking about, I really think the league is going to be moving towards like two people on the field that can throw the ball. He's not talking just like Greg Hertz or Greg Ward. Apparently he's talking about like the Philly special for good portions of a game, not just a few plays. Like that's what it looks like to me. So it, it, trying to rationalize this and, and understand where they're coming from with it. The answers that they gave just weren't satisfactory. And when Shil Kapadia comes out and asks them, what's the best case scenario for this? And Yo. they can't answer it. What do you what, what do you what do you want me to feel at that point? MVPs for the Eagles beats who like thank like thank goodness wasn't some like toothless beat with four guys on it yeah. did this like feel like yeah you had to call a presser because you know the dogs be hunting um <laughs> so MVP gold medal podium goes to Les Bowen who is the best <laughs> Eagles beat when they do something stupid oh I know by exactly. a mile it's because Les does not care i aspire to be less so much les just hits them with so um do you know that you're making the locker room more difficult for carson for the second time like he's like why are you doing that not like do you think it will why are you doing it hero silver medal goes to shield for what's the best case scenario which is obviously something they cannot answer. Right. Because the best case scenario, I would say like Carson being hurt is worst case scenario. But the best case scenario for the Jalen Hurts pick is if and when Carson gets hurt, he's tremendous. Right. But they have to say if and when Carson gets hurt in that answer and they can't and they say can't. it. They can't. Right. Before they started the call with the, the journalist, Andy said, let's go over the or not Andy, uh, Howie said, let's go over the rules. Number one, 
Nobody say Carson's ever getting hurt ever again, right? And then uh, bronze medal goes to Jimmy, who, during the Davian Taylor availability, when they pivoted back to Hertz, asks, uh, so are there any long-term health concerns with Carson, just with the knee and the arm and the shoulder and the head and the concussions, right? And, and how he hits him with like a, I'd like to be completely clear. It is the stance of this organization that we are 100% like, you know, like Carson Wentz is 100% healthy. And they're like, but that's great because force him to say it, right? So I love it. Anyway, so the Eagles beats have been delightful. I love all of you. You are all angry and vindictive people, and I would rather nobody else be covering this team. But yes, Sheil asks the very good question, which is what's the best case outcome for this? And it's a very difficult question for them to answer. You said that the Eagles have been... This pick kind of seems like they're the smartest guys in the room, and maybe now they're a little bit outsmarting themselves. Yeah. I agree with that assessment. You you brought up the press Taylor quote and the two quarterback offense. Given what they're saying in the presser, this that's to me that's not a driving impetus behind this pick. Yeah, it, it may certainly like it. yeah it may certainly be a consequence, whether intended or unintended, of this pick. Right, like we don't have like what if like Jordan Love were also on the board? Who would they mm. have taken? Right, because like Love is not giving you this running game dynamic that hurts is so that would have been like a nice test case to see how much that ability to have a wildcat quarterback matters but with just hurts i mean that when when they come out and they say like we think hurts is a great player we think he's a fit in the locker room we know the backup quarterback is important and then the two things that they hammered home and this is what i wrote about for, for bleeding green were one we know the value of a backup quarterback and two we develop quarterbacks mm. Hashtag QB factory. Right. Now. Which One. like those those things do make sense. I want to be a team that develops quarterbacks. And I, and right. I, and I want to be a team that values right. the backup quarterback position. We understand how value how, how valuable that can be. But brother, like at this cost, I'm not sure. I I I can't wrap my head around it. Well, right. So ahead. that's that's the thing, right? Is it's like we uh we talk about like the rookie quarterback contract is one of the most like biggest winning edges in the most recent CBA like that's a very commonly talked about thing like you have a rookie quarterback gives you a winning edge yes having deals that are cheaper than market value for the talent at the position is always better but it's like we always end up saying on this podcast and I think I've said it five bajillion times eventually you have to play good football players right. you have to pay and play good football players right like when you're like, oh this is an overpay for him yeah but the thing is he's good and like. You don't run a team to make positive value decisions relative to the cap. You win a, You run a team to win a Super Bowl. And so, you know, we laud those decisions because they give you more cap flexibility, because they give you, you know, a, a better chance to sign big ticket free agents, which then helps you win a Super Bowl. That's the that's the route. That's that. Or I should say not really the route, but that's the aiming point. That's what towards what everything trends. So good decision or bad decision. Did this pick make the Eagles more likely to win a Super Bowl? I think we both think no, right. especially relative to who's on the board. I think right. it's important to have the conversation without talking about who's on the board because right. it's a bit of a philosophy thing, mm -hmm. but especially relative to who was on the board. I don't think it got them closer to Super Bowl. I think it was a step back. Yeah. Taking away Christian Fulton, Denzel Mims, and Jeremy Chin, your argument for Hurts getting you closer to winning a Super Bowl is that you did it with Nick Foles in 2017, which is the problem. There's a reason you're doing this and 31 other teams aren't. And it's because 31 other teams, they didn't have a front row seat to Nick Foles' magical, improbable, shocking, historic, tell it in the myths to your grandchildren, season in 2017. Once in a lifetime and, type right, deal. And that's the thing. What Nick Foles did is so memorable 
because it is so unlikely. It is memorialized because it is so magical. There's a statue outside of Lincoln Financial because it doesn't usually happen. You can't the reason we're so right exactly. So that like there's this idea, which I think is very interesting in terms of like taking credit for this. Who signed Foles in 2017? Roseman. Yeah, but. Why was full signed? The Eagles had Chase Daniel, a highly functional quarterback on a three-year, $21 million deal at the time, and backup uh, starting quarterback uh, uh, Carson Wentz going into his second season with a very positive projection. Could have very happily sat with it. Cut Daniel. They've been trying to trade him. Signed Foles. Foles was just in KC with Peterson. Yeah. Foles was not signed in 2017 because the Eagles were like, hey, this guy could potentially win a Super Bowl. He was a quarterback that knew the system. Right. He was signed because he was a familiar veteran quarterback. He was a steadying presence. Yep. And he was cheaper than Chase Daniel. Also Josh a familiar Mc- veteran quarterback, a veteran presence. Josh McCown, same same thing. Veteran quarterback can come in and know it. Fast forward three years, and it's because Nick Foles, they didn't say this straight out, but this is my read in the room, because Nick Foles, you know, we, 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 we valued the backup quarterback position so much with Nick Foles, and it turned out great for us. You did it. You did it. You did not sign Foles in 2017 thinking what was going to happen happened. Right. So now you're chasing your own tail because you think you can replicate something you didn't even anticipate, nor can you, and this is another key point, explain to me why it happened. <laughs> right? Because like, yes, Foles' best performance of his career has been with the Doug Peterson Philadelphia Eagles in 2017 and 2018. Like, like that's been some of his best play. When he goes elsewhere, it's bad. So we know that Foles does not typically perform at the level he performed in 2017. So why did he perform that way? Some of it is Doug. Some of it is DeFlippo and Reich and the way that they ran the RPO and the way they did the offense. Most of it, and this is what I think the Eagles have to accept, was dumb freaking luck. Most of it. Bottle. Yep. Right. Listen, we talked about it. You remember Nick Foles? The first three quarters of that Atlanta game, in which they you, scored 15 points or something? We did a show talking about if Nate Sudfeld should start over Nick Foles, and it was a legitimate debate going into the playoffs who should yeah. start because Nick Foles which, had played so poorly. Let's have a conversation about Nate Sudfeld for a second. We right. want to be a quarterback factory. We want to develop quarterbacks. What, are you claiming you've developed Nick Sudfeld, uh, Nate Sudfeld? Yeah. It's like, is that you? You're going to say to me strongly enough that a sixth round pick out of Indiana who's attempted 25 passes in the NFL regular season is evidence that you can develop quarterbacks such that it's worthy to take one at second overall? We develop quarterbacks. You developed one. His name is Carson Wentz. You took him as the second overall pick and you gave him playing time the moment he stepped onto the field. You're not going to do that with Jalen Hurts. You developed Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was good. He was worth number two overall. Yeah, he absolutely got better. But you, you didn't make Carson out of nothing, nor have you made anything out of Sudfeld yet. Call me when Sudfeld does something in the league, right? Oh, you got him to be a quarterback too. Congratulations. You're not developing quarterbacks better than anybody else. A, we, we develop quarterbacks around here. No, you don't. Prove Kyle, it. Kyle Lillard is on the practice squad. They're not going to develop him. They're going to try to develop Jalen Hurts. And right. remember, what you told, remember what you told me when I said that Clayton Thorson will not make this team? You said there's no way you can take a quarterback in the fifth round and not have him make the roster. He was cut, gone, see ya. Your right. quarterback factory? Yeah. My ass. Which, 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 the fact that <laughs> they never would have taken Jalen Hurts. If they just drafted an actual human being instead of Clayton <laughs> Thorson in the fifth round, they drafted any quarterback. Imagine if the guy drafted Minshew. Mm. There's no chance this is Hurts yep. because they've got an actual live body at quarterback three, which circles us back to the original point. If we're going to bring this puppy home, yeah, you say that it makes sense. 
you want to be able to develop quarterbacks and you want to have a strong backup. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Because of the Foles paradigm, which it's not like they're all they talked about was Foles. They, I mean, Howie said, you know, we view bringing in Jalen Hurts the same way we did bringing in Foles in 2017, which is where I think there's this like retroactive justification where they're like yeah we knew all along that Foles was gonna do what he did which you just didn't and stop thinking that you did you brought him in because he was easy and a veteran and that's what you do and it's fine but anyway they haven't like really been like Hertz is Foles but I think that what Foles did in 2017 has firstly drastically inflated their view of the value of the backup quarterback when I when I and like this from a draft perspective when I talk about a backup quarterback I talk about a guy who's gonna play four games and is gonna win two Right. That's what I want out of my backup quarterback. Exactly. I want a guy. I want a guy who, when my when my starter sprains his ankle, doesn't happen in the league, but like I don't really know how injuries work. So sprains his ankle, I can put him in there for a month. I can get an offense out of him. He'll beat bad teams and he'll lose to good teams. Right. And then when when we went down, we were six and three, and we were hunting for the two seed. My starter will come back. We'll be eight and five, and we're probably hunting for the three seed. But you know, world didn't end. Right. Exactly. That's 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 the framework that I use for my backup. The framework the Eagles seem to be using for their backup is a guy that they could make a deep playoff run with. It is an unrealistic expectation mm. for the talent level of the player that is a backup quarterback. If there is a quarterback that is capable of making a deep playoff run, he is a starting caliber quarterback. You are trying to have two of those on the roster at the same time. Most teams struggle to find one. And clearly in order to find two, you have to spend capital that could be used elsewhere. So that's one. The other half of this, in terms of the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts filling a need and it being overvalued, is if you are good quarterback developers, and if you have a need at QB2, not even in 2020, which they say Nate Sudfeld's going to be here and then he's going to leave, but in 2021, 53, it does not matter who the player is. It doesn't matter if Joe Burrow fell to 53. 53 is too early from a roster-building perspective to fill that need oh. it is a future depth need it is as low on the totem pole as you can get quarterback inflates the value but it does not inflate it to 53 and the reason you think it does is because you think you can do nick Foles again and you think you have to do nick Foles again because carson's going to get hurt which is not an unrealistic expectation it's just carson's going to get hurt sometime in 2021 and you'll put in enough work with jalen hurts that you'll be able to win four of those four games You'll be able to beat playoff teams. Like, that's the plan. The plan is to continue to masquerade like Carson Wentz is the starting quarterback, but have a guy who's able to beat playoff teams sitting and waiting behind him for if and when he inevitably gets injured at a key point in the in the, in the season. Like, how – just draft a freaking wide receiver. That's how you make your team better. And and how he said in, – and, and this is what pissed me off so much. How he said nobody is going to be calling for a rookie quarterback to be taking snaps from a Pro Bowl quarterback. Literally Howie, at have that you moment, lived in the city? Literally at that moment, Joe Gillio is on ninety-four WIP running the show there. What do you think he's talking about? And rightfully so. Joe Gillio, known as one of the one of the bigger Wentz detractors out there, right? Mm-hmm. That's his take. He's old Nick Foles and he's moving on to Jalen Hurts now. He's got a right to question if the Eagles have a question with Carson Wentz, because it's the right. question that we raised that they couldn't talk about in the presser, that they couldn't say about him his injuries and and all this other stuff. Don't tell me that fans and media won't create this thing and make life really weird for Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. It's just, (laughs) it's like, 
it's I mean, unrealistic. You can, you can pretend as much as you want that like you can make this decision in a vacuum, but you can't. And that's right. the thing is like this is a vacuum decision because it's a philosophy decision. How we did a whole lot of like this is who we are sort right. of a thing, yeah. which like oh, congratulations, this is your identity. You're the backup quarterback team. This is what you want to be. You can be the backup quarterback <laughs> team. Yeah, the Eagles, you know, the team, the backup quarterback guys. This is who we are. We value the backup quarterback position. When we when Doug we brought Doug in, we hired Doug. We said we were going to be about the quarterback position. Like that's delightful. But you cannot like like oh like and that's why I talk about like the retroactive justification of Foles. It feels like this pick was made just to be like and look at the Eagles <laughs> understanding how positional that works. How we Roseman always thinking gray. ahead, right? Like it's so like self-aggrandizing a little yeah, bit. It is. Where it's just like oh you regular peasant teams who draft the players you need, you <laughs> idiots, look forward to twenty twenty five, right? Like you know whatever. Like it's like so you know self impressed. So you don't get to make this pick in a vacuum. And the context in which you are making this pick that you're ignoring is that of a quarterback who we're all arguing is pro bowl caliber, but has been to one and is, I think one, maybe two, and is just out from under the Nick Foles shadow. Yeah. Who famously, like for as much as Foles is unique in that he's the backup quarterback who won the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz is unique in that he's the starting quarterback who took his team nine tenths of the way to the Super Bowl, eight tenths, and then couldn't get to finish the job but unlike any other quarterback to whom that's happened the other guy actually finished the job and he's got to live with that and understand that and deal with that and like you know maybe the only person who knows what that feels like is Jalen Hurts who gets yanked in the halftime of the national championship <laughs> game which is a whole different freaking conversation I cannot wait for the galaxy brain take of the Eagles just are filling their quarterback room with losers they're not champions oh boy Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts can't get the job done anyway um, why, why would you give our friend Joe Giglio yeah. and put that into the universe. You just can't make this pick this blind to the context of it. You can't act like Carson and the kids. Yeah. Why? Why would that happen? Right. Who would? Why would you question Carson Wentz starting quarterback? It's because it's all we've done for years. Like, who, who what do you mean? Possibly question this decision when like what did we say after after that four week from Carson Wentz this finally feels like this is Carson's team after two years of people saying it wasn't it was finally Carson's team and what do you do you pull the rug out right from underneath him that's that's one of my bigger problems with it and I'm not saying you can't have a good quarterback I love Josh McCown I wanted to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick the year before that right. I liked having Foles here until oh he was, interesting you know, many veteran quarterbacks who can serve as the backup quarterback for a team functionally that were just named isn't that the smart move or or am I too dumb to no, understand the big what brain the you doing? don't understand they were 100 <laughs> this is like a bit of a galaxy brain pick it right. really is like we're tired they're wired kind yeah. of thing yeah exactly. Was quarterback two in 2021 a need? Yes. As such, and like the Thorson pick kind of caught us all a little bit surprised. I think anybody was thinking like, oh, quarterback's legit here. Um, But they met with James Morgan. They had rumored interest in Cole McDonald. Fun day three dudes. Probably going to be good? No. It could be? Yes. Worthy of bringing in and developing with the magical development dust? Certainly. Um, (laughs) And that like... You and I were in, like, you and I and Schofield, like, we were in on it. We were like, frick yeah, like, right. bring them in, right? And that's the thing is, it, this feels so weird to be reacting to so viscerally, because I think when you say, without context, like, every year a team should be drafting a quarterback, 
which is like a thing draft people say. It's like, yeah, like, you know, like that, like this, mm-hmm. if you hit on one, it's great value. It's a low risk dart throw on day three, you know, and then that's, that's the paradigm you're always operating from. The Eagles took it. Like I said, Galaxy brained it a little bit. It was like, yeah, actually you should be doing this at 53 overall because no one thought Jalen Hurts was going to be there at 53 <laughs> overall on our board, Mike. Oh, that pissed oh, me off so I love much. That. On our yeah, board, I, yeah. I gave that one paragraph in my piece i was like i can't not touch this but i refuse to give it more than the time of day right like how he how he's like oh well actually like at 53 like jalen hurts just a really good value pick relative to where he was gonna go cool. oh wow yeah it's like wow. hey, listen i also buy sweaters on sale howie that doesn't mean i ever take them out of my dresser you know what i mean like this is like you know it's 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 the 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 word in in is transactional utility like yeah. it's you got value out yeah. of getting something at a bargain but it has no operational utility. You can't use it. It yeah. doesn't do anything, right? And like Jalen Hurts maybe does do something, but it's very hard to see Hurts' operational utility against Christian Fulton's yeah. use for the Eagles. The most shoulder. realistic application of, of Jalen Hurts is like you said, the four-game scenario where you go 500. How much is that worth? And then how much is that worth in three years? A second-round pick? Maybe to a desperate team? Well. You just churned your wheels for three years on a guy that you're only going to – brother. Like I, I'd written that day three article for, for different quarterbacks because me and Mark Schofield had talked about on the QB Sco show highlighting Cole McDonald, Anthony Gordon, James Morgan, guys like that. And the response I got in the comments, people were pissed. They didn't want to take a quarterback even in day three. I knew they were – oh, man, when they made this pick. Buddy, it was bad. Okay. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and maybe we're going to talk more about Hertz, but we can also talk about Davion Taylor because uh, he needs to learn how to play football. That's coming up next. I feel so bad for Davion Taylor. I feel so bad for Davion Taylor. Davion Taylor 103 isn't great. We're supposed to throw a commercial, but it's fine. Coming off the back of that pick. Like exactly. with the rage wave building. I have never felt him. less of anything when the Eagles were on the clock at a draft pick in my entire working memory. It'd be Same. round seven. I'd be like, I'm thrilled for this 246th overall pick. Jordan Mailata, let's get it. 103 came up and I was like, I feel nothing. No pain, no death, no coldness, no warmness, no sadness. There's nothing inside of me. Anyway, here's the commercial. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once in a lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. 
Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. And we are back here on the Kist and Solak Show, episode 181, SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. And we were just talking about the feeling of going up to pick 103. And I tweeted this out, and I was completely legit about it. I was also working, too, but, like, had the TV on. I'm a draft guy. I love the NFL draft, not just for the Eagles, but for other teams as well. It's exciting to I've me. never heard we, of it. We put in all of this this time to learn these prospects and their fits, and we spent all this time pontificating about it and whatnot. And the Eagles take a quarterback at 53. We lose our minds, and I checked out until about pick 97. And then we're in the chat, and you said, they're probably going to take a linebacker like Davion Taylor, and they're going to drive me to the bottle. That was exactly my thinking, too, because I remember he was he was a, an official visit, and I'd gone through his tape, and I'm like, this guy has one and a half games of high school football to his name. He switched positions. He's playing at that overhang star position at, at Colorado. Right. Whenever you see him in the box, he has no clue what sport is happening in front of him. He's a developmental guy. And in my notes at the end, what I had was he's not going to see his best football until at least a second contract with at least a second team because he is super athletic and toolsy and whatnot. But man, does he have his development arc is mm -hmm. so far. And we talked about this with Jordan Brooks against Davion Taylor. At least I did somewhere like trying to compare the two and where one got the edge. And it was Jordan Brooks because he had the experience. Now this Seattle Seahawks reached like crazy for Jordan Brooks. And we talked mm -hmm. about that, but like Davion Taylor has so far to go to learn the position. They cannot put him in the box. They have to protect him, put him out in space and give him reads that he's familiar with. And he's going to have to go, be a freaking dog on special teams because otherwise he's going to be out of this league. Ben, your your thoughts on Damian right. Taylor? So I Colorado. disagree on the development and the experience paradigm between him and Brooks because to me, if I have two very raw players and one of them started for four years at Texas Tech and the other literally just started playing football, I want the one who just started playing football because mm. he doesn't have bad habits. He probably has okay. some bad habits. There, and there, there, Taylor, there's an argument for that, but yeah. still, just like what your eyes have seen before. Right, like, I don't which know. that's the thing is like the league doesn't like, – when the Seahawks drafted Brooks, they didn't view him as developmental. They viewed him as veteran because he started for four years. Right. Why they didn't view him as bad, the Lord knows. <laughs> that's a different conversation. <laughs> um, but like right, so with Taylor, like if you, if you ask me what I'm looking for in a developmental prospect, the first thing I talk about is athletic traits. But the next thing I talk about is no bad habits, right? Mm. Because I, it's very difficult to unteach things from a guy, right? And so like – you know, we talk. I, I've been writing about developmental offensive tackles a lot, right? And that was one of the reasons why I loved the Mylotta pick is because Mylotta, you could build him from the ground up, which is you, dope. In in round yeah. seven, that's that's right, dope. exactly right. <laughs> Davian Taylor is primarily a special teamer for the next two seasons. I agree. Now I agree. he may take LB three snaps, but I'm here to tell you, from a talent perspective, they just drafted a special teamer, and like. When they went into the pick, they were like, this is a guy who's going to give us a great value both on defense and on special teams. And I was like, yo, what round is it? Right. Because that's not what you want to be doing with a comp three, especially when you just filled a future 2021 depth need at round two. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter what position it was, whatever. Right. So they reached for Davian Taylor. Now, I think Davian Taylor is a positive developmental track. Um, I think Davian Taylor's speed is a little overstated. Yeah. 
in large part because he is bigger than he was. And that's just what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so 4-4 four, four backer is great. And he'll probably stay in that rangy mold, even if he maxes up to like into the high 230s. Yeah. Taylor did not play stack linebacker at Colorado, right? Stack linebacker. Stack linebacker is a player who is behind your defensive line. He is off the line of scrimmage and within the tackle box at the same time. Taylor did not do it. Taylor played overhang for the Colorado defense. The overhang hangs off the tackle box. He is off the line of scrimmage, occasionally up close to the line of scrimmage, depending on the offensive formation, but he is outside of the tackle box. Why is he there? Defend against RPOs. He's a good space player. You, you're, The overhang naturally responds to the horizontal spread. It widens the structure of your defense and puts rangy players in space. It's why the linebacker position has gotten smaller. It's why we're seeing a lot more hybrid safety linebackers like Davian Taylor. This is the overhang. The most analogous position in the Eagles defense is the one Malcolm Jenkins played, to be honest. Jenkins played as a box linebacker who was very frequently flexed out over number two, flexed out over a tight end. Sometimes he was rotated into a choke alignment, which is where he's on top of the tight end who's in line of scrimmage. That's the most analogous situation for what Taylor saw at Colorado in Philadelphia. Now, they don't have to put him in the same spot where he's reading the same keys. Like I said, he's very inexperienced. He doesn't have a lot of bad habits. So you could teach him stack linebacker keys, and he's probably as impactful for you as you would be if you just played him out there at the overhang. But what's, what I think is important to know is that your reads are going to be easier the further away you are from the football horizontally. Vertically, not, but horizontally, yes. But just to say, the Mike linebacker has to understand what both halves of the field could do to threaten him. Middle of the field, he's right over the ball. He's getting five offensive linemen could be realistically climbing to him. Tight end. He could get backfield motion that goes in two opposite directions, both away from him. He has to know how to parse that information and respond to it appropriately within the structure of the defense. An overhang defender who is pushed away from the ball horizontally to one side of the field does not have to worry about that many things. It is a position that requires less processing. Right. So if you want to protect Taylor, who I think has good instincts, yeah. but does not have a processing process he doesn't have a decision making process he does not have uh, you know the steps by which to interpret what's happening in front of him let's we'll, we'll kind of dial in on that and kind of explain that for a Go second for like when he's on the overhang and whatnot he's got less to read like he can he can feel like the 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 bubble and the outside run coming and like he he fires his gun very quickly in those instances those are simple reads but he fires his gun and he gets in there and he gets dirty that's nice. But when you put him in that at a stack linebacker, that read becomes so much more complex. And I say this because someone in the in the mentions had said they saw the clips that I put up. They said he looks pretty instinctual to me. Like he looks like he could read pretty well. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's got good instincts, but like these are simple reads. And he was put in a situation where he could be fast to flow, right? So right. like when I said initially, why does what's the overhang? What what are we doing functionally with it? We're trying to respond to the horizontal spread. And so we want that player to be free to trigger quick. We want him to be able to come downhill fast against plays that are meant to outflank the defense. Right. That's what. That's why we're we're widening, like I said, the service of the defense to respond to the horizontal spread development. So, Taylor is a space player who should be better understood at this stage as a hybrid between a safety and a linebacker, unless he's significantly masked up even since the combine, in which case maybe you're calling him a will linebacker. I do not think Davian Taylor is a realistic option to be the Eagles. That I should rephrase that. 
I do not think it's realistic to expect Davian Taylor to be a good weak side linebacker for the Eagles in year one. I do think, given that they drafted him at 103, it is a realistic expectation that he would start for them at will, right? He would be their primary will. And when they're in three linebacker sets, he'd be on the field, which then makes the Eagles three deep at linebacker Taylor, TJ Edwards, and Nate Gary, which is, I mean, the stuff of hellscapes, if we're going to be very frank. (laughs) None Um, of them are starters, yeah. Yeah, so not surprised they took him, not surprised they like him. We can look back on this pick in two years and say, kudos, you identified a good developmental player and you put the time in and you got him out. But like, it's it's not great value. I think it's a reach. Don't think he has a good year one impact. And here's what's really sad. The whole thing. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Kiss and Soul Act show. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I couldn't go through with that. It would have been too upsetting. No, I was going to say... I was gonna say the really sad thing is like I'm a, I'm obviously I'm a root for Davian Taylor. He's an eagle now. He's a good dude. Yeah, and like he's a he's a perfectly cromulent human. I was so excited to root for Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts. Very likable dude. Yeah, just like intense and cool and quiet and driven and self assured, but not cocky and a good leader and just like fun and like his play style is fun. He's a physical runner and he's. Just like, oh, I just want him to go to Chicago so I can make jokes about him being the starting quarterback. You know what I mean? I want him to go to Pittsburgh and beat out Mason Rudolph and, like, you know, be the heir apparent. Just like, oh, he would have been fun to be, like, excited about. And now he's just here, and I'm mad that he's here, and I want his jersey at the same time. Like, it's just weird, you know? Like, because he's... It is unfortunate, because I, I do like Hurts. Like, if he were to go to the second round yeah. team, me, me, me and Mark Scorfield are going to talk yeah. about him. Like, I, I like Hurts in the right situation, the right scheme and everything like right. that. I think he can succeed. He's been through a lot. Of adversity and and in his football right. career and whatnot, and he's and he's taking it like a pro, like in every step of the way. But like when the selling point for the Eagles is you're a fantastic teammate, I don't give a f- <laughs> I don't right. Sorry, like, listen. <laughs> nobody worries about how the players in the locker room are gelling when you're winning football games. Exactly. Um, big ups, Jalen. I hope you're great here in Philly. I don't know exactly what being great here in Philly would be or mean. <laughs> But I hope it happens. I feel very much so like, you know, the the, the the tweet that like people send around. It's like, well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions, right? <laughs> like I spent like two months being like, yo, like Jalen Hurts got a lot better as a passer. Like he's more accurate than I thought he was. Like he's got bad pocket management. But like if you're looking for like a low end starter and a, and a good backup for a mobile quarterback, which I've said many times, it's like, dude, Jalen Hurts is great. And then he goes after 53, and I just thought, oh, well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> yeah. And listen, the the Jalen Hurts pick is extremely weird and difficult to react to. There's a lot of ways to look at it. The reality is he's a Philadelphia Eagle now, and if you don't know Jalen Hurts, he's a really, really cool dude. Uh, and if anybody's well-suited to handle this fan base and the vitriol that's going to come with this pick, I think that he is. Uh, so Jalen Hurts, quarterback out of Oklahoma. <laughs> And Davian Taylor, linebacker out of Colorado, both now Philadelphia Eagles here on day two of the NFL draft. We're turning our eyes uh, into day three on which the Eagles have, I believe, five picks incoming, two in the fourth, uh, two compensatory picks there, and then five, six, and seven. Still some pretty big needs on the roster, still with a couple good players left at each of those spots. Uh, so if you're following me on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak, following Mike on Twitter, at MichaelKissNFL, uh, you'll be able to see us as we look towards the Eagles making those final selections and get you introduced to the final new players of the Philadelphia Eagles. If you enjoyed the show, which, I mean, you didn't. It was a sad one. Um, but if you've enjoyed other shows, 
rate, review, and subscribe. I want to wrap this into your podcast. Make sure you catch the QB Factory with Michael Kiss and Mark Schofield also on the feed by subscribing to the feed. He's Mike. I'm Ben. Thank you so much for listening. We all we got. We all we need. I think we need a developmental quarterback. Be a QB Factory up in here. Fly Eagles fly.